Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of God of all ages, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we thank you for making the time to tune in. Take a moment to get focused, clear your mind, close your eyes, open your heart, and receive what God has for you on this day. All right, City Place, so glad to have you today. Don't forget, pay attention to those uh, events happening here at our church. If you have your, your Bibles, go, go ahead and grab those. We're asking everybody to bring your paper Bibles uh, every time we gather together. We're going to jump into God's Word. We're going to go to John chapter 8, John chapter 8, verse 31 this week. John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. Our foundational verse has been found in Colossians. So check this out. It says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We have been over the last few weeks in a series called Run Through the Bible. And so the first week was just talking about the word of God. Last week we talked about what the the word of God is all about. And today uh, we're going to conclude with just a, a, a thought. That, that, that I'm just going to entitle Hold On. Hold On. When I was a kid, uh, I used to play a lot of games and, and, and even some in my adulthood and stuff. There was this game called Tug of War. Do you know that, that, that game? That tug, the tug of War. And the whole, the whole purpose of it is for one team to hold on to the rope while trying to pull the other team across the line. And the, the, the one who holds on and grabs hold and pulls as hard as they can. Eventually, they pull the other team over the line and they gain victory. And I was thinking about how I held on to that rope to try to see victory come in my life, no matter what. My hands are, are going through pain and it's like, I, I feel like I wanna lose the grip, but because I wanna walk in victory and see victory over that enemy the other team I held on as long as I could and I wouldn't let go because there was a prize and God's word says for us to dwell to allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly and so make sure you download today's message notecityplacechurch.com backslash notes if this is your first time here do me a favor let us know that you're hanging out with us you can fill out a virtual connect card cityplacechurchaswell.com comment in this in the in the comment section and uh, also like subscribe and share today I've been loving seeing the comments that you guys have been typing on YouTube and and on our uh, on on our website John chapter 8 hopefully you're there by now John chapter 8 says this Jesus said if you hold to my teaching somebody say hold if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This morning we're talking about holding on to the word, holding on to the word. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray that as David said in your word, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Father, I pray that we will hold on to your word, keep it close in a place of honor. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the word of God being positioned as a place of value. We said that we have to 
grab hold of the word of God as authority and truth, that we have to assimilate it to our life and that we have the choice to love, honor and live according to God's word. And last week we said that when we're trying to figure out what the Bible is all about, we said that there may have been 40 writers of all of Scripture, but there was never a contradiction. But there was one author and that author was God. And the whole subject from Genesis all the way to Revelation was Jesus. And the verb in Scripture was give because God's love for you and I caused him to give his most important part of himself, his son, Jesus. And from Genesis all the way to Revelation, the story of Jesus is unfolding and told. But this week, as we wrap up, I wanted to make sure that we hold on to the word of God. John chapter eight, Jesus is talking and he says, listen, if you hold on to my my teachings, then you're really a disciple. A disciple is defined as a fully devoted follower of Christ, one who is allowing themselves to follow, be taught, be corrected, be built up to to accomplish what his desire is. And so Jesus says, if you hold on to what I say, if you hold on to how I instruct you and how I build you, then you're my disciples. And then he says, and then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I don't know if you've ever heard someone say the truth will set you free. Well, it's misquoted so often because Jesus says, if you hold on to what I teach you, then you are my disciple and then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Literally what Jesus is saying here is like, hey, if you lean into what I say, if you focus and assimilate to your life everything that I'm teaching you, you'll become a fully devoted follower of me. And then you will discover truth. Jesus actually said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. So Jesus says, you will know the truth. Personal relationship with the one that speaks truth, the one that is truth. The only way Jesus says, hey, listen, if you grab hold of everything that I say, you'll know truth. Which means that when a lie rises, it won't have any place in your life because you know the truth. You know the truth. Jesus says, you will know the truth. And since you know the truth, it will make you free. See, Jesus is literally saying, hey, not only am I the word, so listen. He says, but if you're trying to discover true life, if you're trying to discover truth, it's found in me. And then I just want you to know that once you discover that truth is me and I deliver truth, then truth will make you free, which is I will make you free. Because he even said it like this, whom the sun sets free. It's free indeed. Are you with me so far? We're just we're just preparing. So let's talk about holding on to God's word today, because we've we've decided that this summer is going to be one in which we refocus, we refresh and we reload. And we said that we had to go back to some old school essentials because there are things that you and I might be forgetting about or may not placing in priority. And we 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 in the first few weeks, we said that we have to have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then we dove into the fact that the word of God had to be brought back into a place of honor and that this book is not just a book. But when the Holy Spirit begins to speak, the word of God is alive. The Bible is alive. God speaks to us through his word 
The Bible literally says that the word of God is living and active and powerful and sharp. And it deals with your soul and your spirit, your joints and your marrow. And the word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. The word of God is alive. And Jesus says, everything that I would say to you proves that you're my disciple if you hold on. And then you'll discover truth and know truth and truth will make you free. So let's talk about holding on to God's word. Write this down. If we're going to hold on to God's word, we have to make it the foundation of our life. If we're going to hold on to God's word, tug of war, I won't let go until I see the victory. I won't let go to I'm victorious. I won't let go to I am who God said I am. I won't let go until I grab hold of all of God said and I assimilate it into my life and I trust its authority and truth. I have to make it foundational. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says this, everyone who hears the words of mine, this is Jesus, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Grab my word, Jesus says, make it yours. Don't let go. Hold on to it. If you do that, you're like a wise person who built their house on a rock. Jesus is literally saying, make my word, what I say, your foundation, not your thoughts, not your own ways or plans, let what I say be your foundation. Let what I say be your foundation. So this week I was thinking about, okay, we make our life, it's built on the word, but I feel like we need to identify some obstacles because our whole focus this year since January, we've been asking God, God, allow our year to be a year where you go above and beyond. That was God's literally prophetic word to our church. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. I will do exceedingly abundantly above all. But we didn't start there. We actually went to verse 14 where Paul is writing and he says, listen, God wants to do so much in your life. He wants to root you and ground you in his love. He wants to reveal to you the glorious nature of his riches that he gives. He wants you to know who he is beyond your understanding. He wants to show you the fullness of himself. And then when we get to verse 20, he says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. But Paul's main thing was, I want the word of God and God himself to be so tied into you that you can experience all that he wants to do in your life. And so we're holding on to God's word and we're we're putting down our foundation. But the enemy, the enemy will never be satisfied with those of us who are going to stand for the word, honor God's word and say, your word is going to be the guidepost of my life. It will be my standard of living. So therefore, he will throw some obstacles in the way. And so I want to identify that you and I, yes, we will make, how many of y'all say, I'm going to make God's word the foundation of my life. Okay. If you choose to do that, then here's some obstacles that will try to make sure that you and I don't live according to the word and that we start building on something other than the word of God. Write this down. 
popular culture. Popular culture. What's happening around me right now? What's changing around me right now? If this law comes into being, do I then respond to this law or do I go according to what God's word says? Well, if this is happening around me, then God might understand if that changes. You have to listen to the message that Pastor Taisha preached called Blurred Vision. Oh, amazing. Like so. So if I I'm sorry, spiritual eyes, if I if I go and I uh, and, 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 and I do what pop, popular culture says, then I'm going to be living outside of the word of God. But God's word is true. So popular culture will say, this is your new standard. This is how you behave. This is how you can respond. This is what is okay. And that could be contrary to the word of God. I don't know about you, but have you ever looked at what's happening around you and thought, well, that ain't bad. God will understand. Well, what we don't want is we, 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 we want to live according to what God says because God wants to do in us what he wants to do. And so therefore, popular culture might say, uh-uh, don't listen to what he says. That's dated. Things have changed. Here's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 23 in the first part of verse 2. It says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. So don't follow the crowd just because the crowd is moving. Just because the crowd is moving doesn't mean that there's always something that benefits you. So popular culture could be an obstacle to living and loving God's word. Number two, tradition. Tradition. There's certain things, certain ways that you may have grown up. I know that there were certain ways that I grew up. Uh, I grew up going to church. I saw all sorts of things. So there's certain things that's innate in me that could cause me to kind of want to just kind of cruise in my relationship with God. But if I'm not careful and I just cruise, then I'm going to miss what God is doing in my life for today. There are new things that God wants me to experience. There are new things that God wants you to, to, to experience. There's literally a verse in Scripture where he says, hey, behold, I'm doing a new thing and I'm doing it now. Shall you not recognize it? If you and I aren't careful, tradition, the, the old way of doing things that you and I may be accustomed to could be an obstacle. I am very grateful for the journey that I've had with the Lord, but I am even more excited about what I may experience tomorrow. Like I want City Place Church to go so far in our knowledge of the word of God to where the, the words that he would want to speak bring so much revelation that we've never seen before. So tradition, here's what, here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 7, verse 6. I want you to listen to this. This is Jesus talking. Jesus answered and said unto them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? Well, oh, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. 
in vain. They worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus is like, hey, listen, it's been prophesied that there'll be people who will get up to worship just because that's what they are used to doing. They'll say stuff, but their heart ain't in it. Like, it's just vain repetition. There's praise and worship. Then there's announcements. Then there's the message. That's our routine. Don't change that. Don't go 25 minutes extra in worship. Don't preach 15 minutes longer. Don't have ministry in the middle of the message because that's not how we've always done it. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything that you're doing right now, you're just doing it in vain. And he says, your heart's far from me. Verse eight, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things. Jesus literally says, hey, you replace the power of my word. You replace the encounters that you can have with me. You replace the purity of coming into to God's presence and just worshiping for who he is and trying to, dis, to discern what new he wants to give you. You replace that with traditions of like hand washings and stuff like that. Let's keep going. He said unto them, all too well, you rejected the commandment of God. Like you aren't even listening to what God's saying that you may keep your tradition. He's like, the word of God is being spoken to you, but tradition is what you've chosen. You're not listening to the word. You want tradition. <clears throat> For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me or skorban, that is a gift to God then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. Jesus literally said, if you continue to hand down your tradition, you're going to make the word of God of no effect. He said, literally, the word of God is not effective in your life because you've chosen tradition. So City Place, as we are going through this summer, as we are in this year of God doing above and beyond, let's make sure that we don't do our relationship with God through tradition, but that we're constantly going, God, what do you have to say to me now? You're hungry for the word of God. You're passionate to know about more about what he is saying. So pop your culture, tradition. Number three, reason. Reason. Is what I'm reading real? Can the Bible be trusted? I don't know about everything I'm reading. So sometimes our mental side of us can have us questioning what we read. And instead of going, Holy Spirit, reveal it to me. Our flesh jumps in and tries to figure things out. And we start to reason why this may happen or what's going on over here versus going, OK, God, what are you trying to do? Proverbs 16, verse 25 says there's a, a way that seems right to man. But in the end, it leads to death. So we start to reason. Here's a couple of things I was thinking about this this week as we were thinking about <clears throat> holding on to God's word and this point of reason. Here's here, here's what I'd like to do with our reason when it comes to the word of God. Let's not reason with the word of God. Let's not reason with the word of God. Let's 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 dwell 
in the word of God. Like Jesus said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Here's why I, I, I want to challenge us to not reason with the word of God. Here, here, here's the reason why. Number one, the, the, the Bible is historically accurate. Write that down. The Bible is historically accurate. Psalms 33 verse 4 says, for your word, for the word of the Lord is right and true. They're literally all throughout history and time. It's the word of God proves it. There's other other writers from from like Josephus. They're, they're literally eyewitness accounts. That the things that we read about are true. They have been recorded and copied with extreme care. There's been archaeological archaeological confirmations that the things that you and I are reading are true. So our reason of did Jonah really get swallowed by a whale? That seems impossible. Yes, it does. Because we serve an incredible God. And so our reason can say, oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. We serve a God of the impossible who will do whatever he's got to do to prove his love for us. And you know what it is? We said this. Faith activates the word of God. It's by faith that you and I receive Jesus. It's by faith that you and I receive the word. And so our reason can sometimes try to throw us off. Number two, the, the Holy Bible is scientifically accurate. The Holy Bible is scientifically accurate. Psalms 148 verse five says this. Let every created thing give God praise for he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. Scientifically accurate. I found this stat right here. In 1861, the French Academy of Science created 51 incontrovertible scientific facts that prove the Bible is wrong. Here's the first thing they said. They said that the earth was flat. Here's what Isaiah 40, 22 says. God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. I don't know if you guys noticed, but... Um, Science has proved that the earth is. Here's, here's another one that they said, that the earth has, has to be held up. Job chapter 26, verse 7 says, he spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Proving that it's there. They said, they, they said that science proves that uh, this is what he said, that the Bible is wrong. It said uh, the number of stars could be counted. Jeremiah 33, 22 says the stars of the sky cannot be counted. Another crazy one that they had was too much blood makes you sick. Huh? This is what the Bible says in Leviticus 17. For the life of the body is in the blood. Scientifically proven. Accurate. Write this down. The Holy Bible is prophetically Accurate. So if we're, we're reasoning, I don't know, it's true. Yes. Prophetically accurate. 1600 years, the Bible, it took the Bible to be written. A dozen countries, three continents, 40 people have took the time to write. But yet there is still no contradiction. Luke chapter 24, verse 27 says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained this to them. What was said in all of scripture concerning him. Jesus literally said, I'm going to go back to Moses. I'm going to pause in Psalms. And I'm going to show you every scripture that applies to me. The whole theme throughout scripture, the whole subject of scripture is Jesus. 
So as, listen, let's not reason with Scripture. Let's dwell. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. It's going to take your faith because faith activates the Word. You've got to go back two weeks to the very first week of run through the Bible. I wrote this down. Jesus, Jesus valued and trusted Scripture. Jesus himself valued and trusted Scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18 says, For I truly, for truly I will tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not at least, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And then in, 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 in uh, let me see, let me get it right in my Bible. It's like Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says Jesus is, 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 is tempted by the enemy. And the thing that came out of his mouth, he said this, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, you should not tempt the Lord thy God. Literally, the word of God was trusted by Jesus, was valued by Jesus. The Bible says that when he was a young boy, his mom and dad went home and forgot him at church. The Bible says that Jesus was growing in knowledge and he was beginning to surprise all of the leaders in that day because he was hungry to learn, but he was also asking poignant questions and downloading wisdom from the Father. Jesus valued the word. He literally says, I've studied Moses. I studied the Psalms and they all point to one theme, me. But I'm letting you know that not one word from what you read will disappear. See, I wrote this down. I want you to write this down. If you and I only believe because of our reason, if we only believe what we like in the Bible, but don't believe what we don't like. It's not the Bible that we trust. We trust ourselves. Like if we only believe the one part of the Bible that we want to believe, but we disbelieve another part, then we're putting ourselves in a position of we trust us more. I'm, I'm challenging us. Let's hold on. I'm not letting go to my faith mm -mm, until I see everything that God says proven in my life. I won't let go when culture's trying to tell me otherwise. I won't let go because of my tradition. Absolutely not. I won't let go because my mind starts questioning. No, no, I'm not going to reason. I'm going to sit. I won't let go. Because Jesus himself quoted scripture and valued the word of God. I won't let go. I won't let go. See, I realize that the, the Bible has survived attacks. The Bible is the most despised, derided, denied, disputed, dissected, debated, outlawed, and destroyed book ever. Most sold, most attacked. There are literally people all across the world dying, risking their life so that this Bible, the word of God, can get throughout their nation. There are literally organizations like Wycliffe Bible translators that are trying to get the word of God interpreted into languages who haven't heard it yet. Why? Because everyone needs to hear the word of God, but yet the Bible it's one of the most attacked, but yet it still survived. 
There are people who grab hold of the word and they don't let go. They're literally shuttling Bibles through secret passageways so that the word of God can continue and someone else can hear and receive the life that is found in the word of God. So let us make sure that we don't ever devalue the word when others are risking their life for the sake of what some might call a book. It's not a book. It's life. Are you with me, City Place? Psalms chapter 12, verse 6 says that the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. The words of the Lord are pure. There was a guy by the name of Voltare who said within 100 years, the Bible will be forgotten. He wrote that a long time ago. Boy, did he miss that one. First Peter chapter one says this. Verse 24, it says the grass withers. And the flower fails. Will fall, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Somebody say forever. Come on. Somebody say hold on. If the word of the Lord will last forever. Then our grip and our hold should as well. Oh, I won't let go. Until I take my last breath, I'm going to hold on. And I won't let go. So here's a couple of questions that I want you to ask yourself. Here you go. You ready? And we're winding down. Ask yourself this question. Will I attack God's word or live by God's word? Will I deconstruct it or will I defend it? Will I follow the world or will I follow the word? Here's this other obstacle that I thought about. We're trying to make the word our foundation. But sometimes our feelings get in the way. Judges chapter 21 verse 25 says at that time there was no king in Israel and people did whatever they felt like doing. That's what it says in the Message Bible. Sometimes you and I can have a tendency to just do what we feel like doing and it can be an obstacle. I want to challenge all of us. We're not going to always be perfect. But can we choose on this day to live according to God's word and never, never, never let go just because the way we feel are y'all getting anything this morning? My, the whole purpose of me being this passionate is to bring back the honor. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's floated away. It's not that. But for our church, we want to have a high honor of God's word so that when we come in, that we don't just like just show up just to listen. Hey, if you're watching at home, if you're listening later, pull your Bible out. Open up your Bible. Don't just listen to, the, to a communicator, communicate, no, God, what do you have to say for me? Because tradition can be like, I just show up. No, I'm hungry, I'm ready because you want to say something to me. So we want to make God's word our foundation. Here's the other thing we want to do. We want to make God's word the first part of our daily life. 
Because the fact is the Holy Bible, God's word has life changing power. So make. Make your study of God's word the first part of your day. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first what he wants. Seek first his kingdom and all these other things will be added. So here's some practical things. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to take the first 15 challenge. I know it seems real simple, but I want you to take the first 15. First 15, I want you to wake up. I want you to, I want you to wake up in the morning this week. But Pastor Damon, I, I wake up at four. I want you to wake up at 345. I want you to wake up whatever time, 15 minutes earlier, and I want you to just go, God, you can have the first part. And here's what I want you to do. Just, I know this may seem simple. You can take more time. It's up to you. But I want you to give God five minutes. Write this down. It's simple. Five minutes in the word, and I want you to take notes. Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God, let your word guide me today. Number two. I want you to spend at least five minutes in worship, at least five minutes. For some, go longer. You don't have to do this. This is just to give you a, to get the ball rolling. Like, meaning you don't have to stay to five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. It's just something simple for those who are just starting their relationship with God or need a tool. Five minutes in God's word, five minutes of worship and five minutes in prayer. You can download a, a prayer journal from cityplacechurch.com. We've got a prayer journal that you can download and you can just pray along th with those prayers. So five minutes of worship, five minutes of the word of God, five minutes in prayer. And then at the end of every night, I want you to give God some time and just thanking him. God, thank you for what you did today. God, I'm so grateful. God, I honor you for who you are. Why? Because we're going to make the word of God a part of the first part of our day. Last two. And we're going to hold on to God's word. We're going to make it grow deeper in our life. We're going to make it grow deeper in our life. Colossians chapter three, verse 16. So let's let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I won't let go. I'm going to remain. The word dwell there means to remain fixed. Established. That's what dwell means to remain fixed. I won't let go of your word. I'm going to let it overflow to where every area of my life. I feel confident that you've got it under control. So here's something practical that I want you to do. I want you to last week we talked about getting a getting a translation that you enjoy. So I want you to find a translation that you enjoy. You can listen back to last week to get more of that information. Find a translation that you enjoy. And then I want you to find a study. You can go to the YouVersion Bible app, find a study where you can begin to grow and make it grow. God's word grow in you. And then the final two things is I want you to jump into a city group. Sometimes we avoid being in a community, but when you get in a city group, the Bible says in the book of Acts that the people got together at each other's house. They grew in fellowships. They downloaded and they listened to the apostles teaching and they began to grow in the knowledge of God. And it says, and the church of Jesus grew daily. Because they were in community growing. So I want you to be a part of tomorrow night's 
uh, small group via Zoom. It starts around 6.30, I believe. So grab that information. We'll put it up. Grab that information. Sign up to be a part and then begin to memorize scripture. Begin to memorize scripture. And then the last one is make the word of God a weapon. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 says, God's word in the Message Bible, God's word is an indispensable weapon. God's word is an indispensable weapon. Matthew chapter 4, I, read, I talked about it earlier. When the enemy came to attack Jesus, Jesus literally said, It is written. It is written. It is written. Because the word of God has to be used as a weapon. Why? Because here's what the Bible says. I know I've been quoting a lot of scripture. The Bible literally says that the word of God in Isaiah, it says that the word of God cannot get back to him unaccomplished, but it will accomplish everything that he sets it out to do. And the word of God has scriptures on every page that can bring life to any situation that you and I go go through. It can speak life to dreams. It can speak against sickness and illness. It can speak against things that the enemy would try to do as it relates to popular culture or tradition or our reasoning or our feelings. The word of God. The word of God. Let me give you a verse. It's a familiar passage of scripture as we wrap up. Remember I told you a little bit earlier that many of you would have an opportunity to meet Jesus. And in John 3, verse 16, there's a guy by the name of Nicodemus who the Bible says came to Jesus at night and he was trying to figure out how he could get in relationship with Jesus. And Jesus literally just says, hey, God gave his son so that everybody that believes in him could have everlasting life. It says this in John 3, 16, familiar passage of scripture. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, I'd like for you to take a step of faith and begin to walk in a relationship with Jesus. There's a verse in scripture that says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, and he will come and live on the inside of your heart and he'll be the Lord of your life. This morning, I'm asking you to extend your faith, which seems like this could be impossibly crazy that someone you don't know died for you over 2,000 years ago. Well, I'm trying to tell you that it's true and the word of God is accurate. Jesus died for you and he rose again. And through your faith, your confession, he comes and lives on the inside of you. So I'm gonna say a prayer and you say, Damon, I wanna meet Jesus today. I, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Are you ready? Here we go. Say, dear Jesus, I'm so grateful for your word. I'm grateful that you gave your life for me and you rose again. On this day, I repent of all of my sins and I ask you boldly 
to be Lord of my life. Change me completely. I want to hold on to you and never let you go. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Jesus today? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus and those that said yes? If you said yes to Jesus, I want to give you two next steps. Number one, that connection card that I mentioned earlier during service, I want you to fill that connection card out, or you can text the word City Place to 94000. Let us know the decision that you made today. The second step that I want you to do is I want you to be a part of that Strong Foundation City Group that's taking place tomorrow night via Zoom. All right, the information is up there. I want you to download that information, take a screenshot uh, of, of, of the information on the screen and be a part. We want to continue to encourage your relationship with Jesus. Well done. Now, one other thing, if you do not have a Bible, will you let us know and we will send you a Bible. We will mail you a Bible. Is that all right? Awesome. Well, the final thing we're going to do for our service today is we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. I just want to say thank you as always for uh, partnering with City Place Church. We worship the Lord with our giving and we're able to make an amazing impact. I'm so excited about next week because next Sunday, that's when we are bringing our shoes to give away. Um, we are also preparing, just so you know, because of our kingdom finances here in our church, we're preparing to do some outreaches. Our, we've been focusing a lot on our homeless families uh, in our city. And so we've got some things that uh, we're going to be doing with blessing bags coming up, as well as providing meals. And so you'll be hearing more about that um, over the next couple of weeks. But this is how we want to make an impact in our city. And we get to do that through our kingdom finances. The other thing that your kingdom finances do, it allows us to be able to communicate with you and see the church function operationally. And so on behalf of everyone at City Place Church, thank you for trusting God. Let me get ready to pray. Our team's already put the information up. Father, we honor you today. We thank you that as we uh, have leaned into your word today, God, we declare that we will hold on. We won't let go. We're so grateful for those that said yes to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as they get involved and and they partake in tomorrow night's city group. God, I pray that they find friends, that they discover who you created them to be, but that we all grow in the knowledge of your word and we don't let go. Bless our week, bless our giving today. Allow us to continue to impact our city, but also uh, grow as a church. We'll so honor Jesus that you allow us to, to worship together on Sundays. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks for joining us. If you've been encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe to the City Place Church podcast. And we want to hear from you. Post a picture on any of your social media outlets with the hashtag City Place Church to be a part of the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.